Welcome to the Nixus Podcast, guys. I am Melanie Nix. Tonight, my co-host, you know Ames already. Ames is back. Uh, I would like to announce that Ames will be taking on some interviews by herself in the near future. So welcome, Ames, as the host of the Nixus Podcast. Hey there, everybody. Today we have Death Pigeons. We're sitting with uh, John Davies and Neil Berry. Hey, guys. So I'm going to pass on. I'm going to pass on the whole show to Amy. I'm just going to be here to to, to to talk shit once in a while. Oops, there we go. See, told you. <laughs> go ahead. Hey guys. Hey, Amy. How you doing? Okay, let's shoot off with how was music introduced to you, and how has it influenced you over the years. <laughs> Do you, do you want to start with that, John? No, you, you go, you go. How was music introduced to me? I don't know, probably my parents, really. My dad was a big rock and roller. Um, so the house was just was always god-awful. I mean, not the good rock and roll. It was the, any old crappy B-side he could find. It would be blaring out of the stereo somewhere. Uh, so I think I tried to make something better for myself. It was like, oh, I can't listen to this rubbish forever. Uh... Yeah, so it's probably that. It's quite, yeah, it's quite a musical. None of my family were musicians, but uh, it was quite a musical house. Uh, yeah, then when I started at university properly, just did the whole thing of joining bands, and then kept joining bands and kept joining bands, and I met this Welsh idiot. <laughs> and, uh, I think that pretty much sums it up. <laughs> it's, the same, it's the same story as every other musician. Oh, I liked music, so I started playing it. <laughs> Yeah, I think I, I very similar. I think uh, Mum was um, was responsible in um, sort of giving me the first few albums. I just went through her vinyl collection when I was a kid, and I found stuff like um, a couple of Welsh uh, bands and uh, Welsh male voice choirs, which I quickly got into and then quickly got out of. And uh, then went down the line of Michael Jackson, went down the line of uh, Simon and Garfunkel, ABBA. She was a huge ABBA fan. Um, well, still is rather. She's not dead, and neither are Abba. So, um, yeah, I think it just kind of went from there, really. It was mum just really allowed me to listen to everything and anything until she heard Guns N' Roses, and then that quickly stopped. Um, but I recently found out she's actually a fan of Guns N' Roses. She, she never allowed me to listen to it when I was a kid, but now she's talking about Axl Rose as if she knows him. Um, and, yeah, I think that's, that's where it started. Likewise with Neil, I joined bands. Um, and uh, quickly got ejected from bands uh, very fast for just being a little bit too crazy. And uh, and then, yeah, I find myself here, really, for working with Neil uh, and just having a great old time listening and writing music. I'm glad you're having a great old time. It's hell for me. <laughs> I was waiting for that. I was waiting That's for that. Absolute hell. With respect, you shut your face. <laughs> It's community service. I think we're still doing it. <laughs> You've got to look after these uh, mentally ill patients, Neil. <laughs> our parents can have a great um, expectation of us with our music, but especially if you're playing it like yourselves now, it must be really good for them to see that as well. Oh, they hate it. Everything I do. <laughs> All right. <laughs> No, that's, that's not strictly true. They, they they don't like the metal stuff at all. When, I, when I'm doing a blues or, you know, classic classic rock or acoustic stuff, they like that. 
but as soon as we get the down tuned guitars and some shouting idiot, uh, they tend to give up on it a little bit. <laughs> the only thing I had from my mum was when we released Food Will Stretch the Flesh as a single. Uh, mum got in touch with me after we released it and she said, that, well, I managed to get through that song. And I said, oh, oh you managed? I said, you know, it's only two minutes long, right? And she said, oh, is that it? It I does said, feel oh, like it, doesn't it? I was like, oh, that's, that's great. Thanks, Mum. Uh, so you're a fan then? She just replied back, no. I was like, oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you don't like something, you know, it, it could feel like an eternity, like listening to it. Absolutely. And to be fair, you know, with the best will in the world, you know, parents aren't suited for a lot of this music, you know, especially especially my mum. Definitely not. You know, and as much as she wants to support and as much as she wants to, you know, always back my corner. Yeah, I can't expect her to listen to it at all. <laughs> it really doesn't sound like ABBA at all. At right. All. Right. <laughs> no, this, this, this EP doesn't. Wait for the next one. I'm going to put some stuff on there. <laughs> Maybe Dancing Queen, maybe she'll like that one. Yeah. We could could do a death metal version of Dancing Queen, couldn't we? I just do it straight, be funny watching you sing it. Oh yeah, <laughs> <my> God. <laughs> Might be surprised. <laughs> Might be a new flavour this year. <laughs> I, I mean I don't think I'd be surprised, but I'm willing to give it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how did you learn to sing on right and play your music and get into when you're getting into your music? So, how, do you, how do you know the sing, John? <laughs> <laughs> I think most of it. Let's 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 pull that apart. So I think the singing parts. I don't class what I do as singing. I think it's an affront to, to proper singers, and I think that's just my opinion. Um, I've heard some of my friends who are proper singers, Neil included, and I'm like, nah, I'm not in the same bracket. Uh, absolutely not. Um, I basically could not get a hang of any sort of harsh vocal. Um, and Neil put me on the right track, as with every, as with a lot of stuff with this album. Neil gave me a couple of YouTube videos and a very brief explanation of what it was that I was aiming for. And I was able to then hit the mark because of that man sitting right there. Um, even after putting out, um, just about to release Food of Flesh and Flesh, I still didn't know if I wanted to go live because I have so many confidence issues that I didn't think that I would want it to, anybody to hear it. Um, how I learned to play guitar and to play bass was just trial and error, pretty much. It was just from the age of 14, 15, I was given an, an, an acoustic guitar and just I just played it, trial and error, until I, well, made some sense of what I was trying to do because there was no internet. I had no internet in the house. It was just books. Go to the library, pick up a book and, uh, and try and play. And emphasis on the word try. No. It's not the same now to learn an instrument, to learn anything now. You just open up YouTube and write tutorial, write a playthrough for this song and just sit there and copy what they're doing. Yeah, that's what I said to you, John. It's not about it yesterday, haven't we, John? And yeah. Most of the things you find on the internet are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, oh, so many people, so many friends are learning to play. They go, I've got this tab from the internet. And you go, okay. That's not right. There's, there's no way your hand can reach 19 frets in one go. So, so start again. Uh, well, that yeah, is, you can't believe everything you see on the internet, but there is some good tutorials on the Oh, no, yeah, there's, there's, there's loads. I mean, I'll start watching them. Ben Eller's really good. 
if you've seen him, he's uh, amazing. So was it guitar that was your first instrument that you played, or was there another instrument before that? Guitar was mine properly. First thing I did when the band was based, but guitar was the first thing I learned. Uh, sitting down as a kid and getting over ambitious and trying to learn all Clapton solos. You know, don't worry about the basics, let's go straight into Derek and the Dominoes, it'll be fine. How hard can it be? Really hard is the answer, really hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We, we all want to play the big songs right when we start, right? Like, yeah. I've said it during a few interviews. I try to play guitar. I mean, my party trick is four non-blonde. What's up? And after that, if you hear, if you ask me another song, I'm just going to look at you like, well, oh, I'm done. This was it. <laughs> big song. Yeah, sorry, guys. <laughs> um it's not easy. I tried to play guitar, so hats off to you guys, like especially John from learning from books and everything. Like I have the internet, I still don't have the patience to do it. I still got some of the books up on my shelf. <clears throat> Excuse me, and I was looking at it at, at a couple the other day, and it just shows how reliant we've become, how Lisa, how, Lisa how, how reliant I've become on the internet. That I looked at those books and I set them up on my music stand, and the book started to flap back and forth. And after about five minutes of the book closing itself, I got angry and just kind of walked away from it. And it's 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 so annoying because some of the stuff in those books I can't find online, you know. Um, and it just shows that if it's not flat on the screen, then literally just having something like having a book close itself just just makes me so angry. <laughs> whenever I play but no I mean I think everybody my age and older I think relied on books I think you were the same Neil weren't you you, you, you did books later yeah I started out with records because I'm even older than you uh, ancient <laughs> I'm really really old now <laughs> yeah, I've still got books I've got shelves and absolute shelves of them over there uh, and most of them are wrong as well as it turns out but you know it's, you've got to start somewhere right <laughs> 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 the notes are right you can work the rest out yeah. Of anger, anger overdose wanted to say, oh, guys. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's the same kind of genre for me. So, that's nice. God bless them. That's a lovely folk. Everyone anger overdoses. I got so much respect for every single one of them. But I talked to Zorn on a, a daily basis, and uh, yeah, that guy is a, a proper sweetheart. Even though he probably wouldn't, wouldn't want me to say that, so ignore that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so much I'm respect for all of them. big angry zombie men. But yeah, really sweet. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally. What was the story behind your band name when you began? I can't remember. And John's told me that five times, and it might have been my fault. I, can't, I, don't, I honestly can't remember. We were I don't know if it's my fault. You, you had, I bought the guitar off you. I bought the um, the Epiphone uh, Snow Falcon off you, and you dropped it off. Oh, yeah, yeah. During um, the pandemic, when things had started to open up, we were allowed to see each other, but we weren't allowed to be <coughs> around each other, you know? So Neil dropped the guitar off, and uh, I was nagging him to come up with a band name. And he was like, look, let's just let's sort out the music first, and we'll, we'll, we'll get to the band name. And uh, me being me didn't listen. And I was like, yeah, no, it, we've got to sort this out. Everything's going to be done in a particular way. I like everything to be done in a way. And that is, first of all, let's figure out the name and stuff. Know who, who, know who we are. And, uh, and in the end, we were just saying things back and forth. 
It was just literally death or something. Death. I remember Death Raven came up, Octopus something. There was Kraken oh, thrown goodness. in there somewhere. And it was just the most... We wanted to come up with a name that was a little bit funny, but didn't mean that the band was a joke. You know, I, do you know what I mean? I, I didn't want it to be sort of, oh, are they a parody band? Are they this? Are they that? I, I wanted something that was a little bit fun a little bit freeing and then I think between both of us just shouting stuff across the road at each other um, much of the, 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 the anger of most of the neighbours we eventually came up with Death Pigeon <laughs> very unique yeah thanks I mean I, although it turns out it's not eh? right <laughs> <laughs> but it is I there was, there was a guy on Twitter who was already called Death Pigeon, so he started with oh, one of our first followers, wasn't he? That's right. Yes, so he, he found that he had the same name as us. He was like, ah, he's got our username. Damn him. <laughs> that's right, yeah, that's right. He, uh, he hit us up. And he said, uh, I, at first I didn't really understand what was happening because somebody was talking to me with at Death Pigeon. And I was like, whoa, hang on, that's us. And... Um, our handle is slightly different, but yeah, he's 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 been a, a mad supporter of us ever since. Bless him. He's, he's bought he's bought our our merch and t-shirts and stuff like that, and prayed to them online. And you know, I can't thank him enough. Uh, same as everyone, really. But um, yeah, <laughs> we thought we'd had a we thought we'd had a name and a handle that nobody would think of that was slightly a little bit too weird, and turns out not. Turns out somebody had it. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you just don't have great taste. <laughs> Speaking of of merch and everything. Uh, why don't you talk to us about that? Well, I think that concept is amazing. Uh, we're adding uh, an article in Chaotic News about it because I think the concept of the album and the book and the story that comes with it is just amazing. You guys want to talk about it a little bit? Yeah, sure. That's all, that's all Johnny. <laughs> but, well, the... Thanks, Mel. Thanks, well, thanks, Neil. Thanks, you know. Yeah, it's... um. Back in, I, I always like to try and turn my hand to things I can't do. And one thing I can't, uh, I'm really going to sell this well. One thing I can't do particularly well is is, is write. It takes me a long time in order to, to sort of form things. Um, so I wanted to turn my hand to, to writing. Writing a, uh, at the beginning, it was a novel. Uh, it turned out to be a 300-page book. Um, and you can tell how much of it wasn't really needed because I managed to trim it down to 40 pages. Uh, so uh, it was very heavily influenced by films that I saw as a kid and it's always I think those first films those first records that you hear and that you see are the ones that then inform you as your life goes on so things like Terminator for me and things like Frankenstein and reading H.P. Lovecraft and reading Stephen King I fell in love with with horror um, so this this short story even though I started it in 2013 and finished it when Neil and I pulled a band together in uh, 2019-2020 really just I wanted something a little bit different I think I wanted something that was if you were a fan of the music you could listen to the music if you weren't a fan of the music you could read the book and if you weren't a fan of either well sorry I can't help you Um, but also a way that the, the album could work in conjunction with the book and vice versa if you wanted to know more about the album then you could read the book and I think the the, the whole... I, I'm not aware of many bands that do it. Maybe there are. Maybe I just don't know. I know there's Coheed and Cambria, I think. They, they do graphic novels, I think. Is, is, is that right? Um, yeah, the, the only one I can think of that's done a book uh, was Nicky Six. Was it? Did a, did a variation of his autobiography with like an accompanying album. Oh, yeah. Cool. But uh, that 
it wasn't quite the same. No. It wasn't quite the same, you know. That that was, but it's quite good. And the the the, the I, I'm, I keep saying the word novel, the glorified pamphlet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it was, it was good to have because that was obviously written beforehand. Yeah. So it, as John was coming up with the music, it it gave some momentum to the lyrics and it gave some form to the album before he started it which is a rare luxury to have something sort of not planned out its entirety it could have been 10 songs like it is or it could have been 30 songs of whatever but we had, knew we had a start, finish and end point and you had an overall tone for the album how it's meant to go and that's really unusual and then I had to pick that up the bitty files John sent me, but that's the, the point. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's, no, I'm facetious. But, you know, that it, it's, it's true, though. You don't often get that sort of groundwork before. And imagine these great concept album artists like no Queen's Rage and Dream Theatre do come up with these overarching plots. But uh, I've never done it before. And it's an interesting way to go at it. It was, yeah, it was... It, it was fun. Do you know, one of the things I, I don't know if I've done right, and I still question myself now, and I've, I've gone back and I've read read the short story since, and I still don't know if I've done it right. I didn't, don't know how much lyrics, or how many lyrics, or how descriptive you make each song versus the story. Do you want to put in a lot of information in the, in the lyrics so that if you put in too much, are they going to read the short story? If you put in not enough, are they going to understand the gist of the story? But then in saying that, are people going to come up with their own gist for the story anyway? The people that don't know that it's, there's a short story that accompanies it. I, feel that, I think that's something I still lose sleep over. <laughs> I still don't know if I've done it. Oh, well, no, it's, 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 a, it's a metal album, but it's not a Stephen Sondheim musical, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, it's a metal album. Yeah, yeah. So, yes. <laughs> you shout some songs. You can barely make up the words anyway, so, you know, what's the problem? <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was fun putting that together. Actually, that's not, that's not fair, actually. That's not... I just... I, just, I was going to say that's not fair because I'd sort of driven me down the point of making the lyrics more um, intelligible anyway, didn't I? Oh, yeah, you, you got into my head. Forced your arm on that. You really did, because I, I originally, a few of the songs that were recorded were very sort of napalm death sounding, and I was really happy with them. And then Neil and I had to sit down and he was like, oh, no, he said, no, you've, you've got to make them. He said, you, you've got to have, as it's like a rock opera style affair, that's what we tried. Um, they've got to be, you've got to understand them. And ever since he said that, I couldn't get it out of my head. That's why half of them are spoken, half of them are growled, half of them are uh, uh, sort of a, a, a variation of fry scream. Um, yeah, it, it's, yeah, he's got a habit of doing that, saying one sentence that I can't get out of my head. <laughs> when it comes to music but genuinely it does help though because I think if that sounded like a Napalm Death album and as much as I love Napalm Death I you, you wouldn't be able to pick up on the story I think if, if there is a, a rock opera styling it does have to be understood to a point definitely in the grand scheme of things of how to do everything and keeping all the levels right um, exactly where you've scripted everything it's helped you understand them levels a little better and create some memories. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, one thing. Rock opera. Uh, you ever seen the movie Repo, the genetic opera? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, knew, I, knew, I had a feeling you guys would have known what I was talking about. A lot of people don't know what that movie is. It's an absolute classic, and if everyone hasn't seen it, they should go and see it immediately. There's no spoken words 
it's literally sung from the first seconds to the last seconds, and the cast is amazing. So as soon as you guys said rock opera, I was like, ooh, I wonder if they know about people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's loads of good ones out there. Another one out there that, that really sort of affected me beyond... Uh, well, beyond anything, really, was um, Metalocalypse, was um, Death Clocks. Um, even though the, the the series is great, but the Doomstar Requiem, the the album they brought out, which is just a rock opera, that affected me, I think, more than I think any album has <laughs> ever. <laughs> I couldn't stop listening to it. The amount of detail in that was just was beautiful. So, so beautiful. Yeah, Brenda's, Brenda Small's good at that, isn't he? Galacticon was the other one that was so good. Yes, yeah, uh, and then, obviously, Devin Townsend's Ziltoid 1 and 2 are just fantastic bits of high camp soap opera in space. What are they? I don't know what they are. He's a mastermind. But I love them. Absolutely love them. Going from that, how would you describe your music? <laughs> um, Tolerable. <laughs> I mean, passable. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, interesting. Um, I don't know, really. I, I've often said it's a variation of, it's our interpretation of black metal and death metal, which I think has angered more people than, than people that, that have agreed. Um, I, I think it sits within, I, I, as much as I hate putting things into genres, they do help now and again. And I think it helps my brain to understand sort of where where I would see it. I think it sits within the extreme metal genre, but I, I couldn't tell you where. I mean, a couple of people that have hit me up, you know, have, have, have said maybe it's horror metal, and I, I get that, it's horror story. Maybe it's, it's, it's um, uh, what was the other one? Uh, technical death metal, again, I, I get that. Um, I, I don't really have one genre. I think we sit between quite a few. I, I don't well, I, I get, I've had this conversation before, before I, I get so bored of genres now. Yes. It's, it's extreme metal. Genres come in. You know what I mean? Like, this is, this is, it used to be metal. Yeah, right. Now, yeah, metal, exactly. metal, it was metal, metal and extreme metal. Yeah. Yeah. But now we have all these sub-genres. I don't even know them all. I, inter I, inter I, got so, I interview no. bands sometimes. They're like, yeah, I'm this genre. And I'm like, what genre is that? Like, and I go, no, wow. Interesting. My other band got told the other week that we're a dungeon core. I've got no idea what dungeon core is, but apparently we're that. Research, because now I'm now I'm interested. Dungeon. Core. I think I think it's D and D players who like heavy metal, which I thought was all D and D players, but maybe it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's just people that like fantasy world dungeon type stuff. Yeah. Sing songs, you know. You're going to slay a dragon, and you listen to Death Pigeon. There you go. <laughs> I, I, I think, as much as I, do, I as I would agree, I don't like putting things into boxes. I think it does help now and again, and it does help me to understand. Especially if you're trying to explain music, I think it helps there immensely. Um. Because I don't know, I probably because of a lack of vocabulary on my end, but I don't know how else to describe if somebody used to say exactly that. How would you describe your music? I'd be like, 
well, it's, it's a bit fast, a bit slow, slightly technical. It's metal. Um, so I, I think genres out in that in that in, in that essence, I, I I don't understand every genre. I like a lot, <laughs> but I I don't know. Them. I don't think you can. <laughs> um. So who's been your inspiration along the way? A musician or a band? Like who have you admired most? Neil. Well, for this project or generally, uh, I mean, for this one, a combination of probably John Barry and Frederick Thorndale, and they're two quite distinct people, aren't they? Um, <laughs> but certainly the orchestral stuff. I was listening to a lot of John Barry at the time because I was doing that, did another album with another band of mine, which had a lot of orchestral stuff. So John Barry, John Williams, um, Danny Elfman, and Danny Elfman seeps into the metal side of it as well. Uh, and with the guitar side of it, it was probably Frederick from Sugar. So that certainly came into the solo in Food. That was definitely a very heavy Sugar influence there. Uh, yeah, a bit of Devin, I suppose. Well, there's a lot of Devin in my playing nowadays, anyway. And there's a lot of Eddie Van Halen as well, but that's probably most of my rock influences. <laughs> uh, apart from John Williams, he's not, but you know. No, but he's not, though, isn't he? You know. Yeah. I don't think he'd write anything like we do. Uh, no. <laughs> Bless him. <laughs> no. I'd love to hear it if he did. I'd absolutely love it. John Williams' yeah. extreme metal album. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Absolutely. <laughs> Take my money. <laughs> you should be surprised. Um, I don't know if you guys heard over here. Uh, Dolly Parton was introduced into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And she was like, I'm not rock and roll, I'm country. And she just put out a rock song two days ago. She was oh, like, here you go. Yeah. Now I'm on She's wrong. So, She's rock and roll. Rock and roll's an attitude, not what you sing, isn't it? She's rock, rock and roll as they come, Dolly. I agree, but she was like, I, now that I'm here, I have to do a rock song. And I think she did a whole rock album. Don't quote me on this. Go check it out. But I know she oh, came oh. with a rock song two days ago, and I was like, oh, she's hard work. I, 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 I think it's, is it called World on Fire or World, World, World in Flames? Something like that, isn't it? Yeah, I saw that advertised. I'll go and look that up. I mean, Christopher Lee Pat and Metal Album, why can't Dolly Parton, you know? I love that. Okay. Right, World on Fire, yeah. yeah. World on Fire. Must have got a little list to look it up later. I mean, you never know. You never know when your favorite bands, when your favorite artists are going to turn around and be like, hey, let me try this. I mean, I never thought. And it's a pretty rock song, too. You know, it's not just soft rock. Dolly came out swinging on this one. So you never know. <laughs> Good on that. I'm in. <laughs> I mean, Dolly Parton inspired my, my, my heaviest track I got on SoundCloud is a Dolly cover, isn't it, John? Yeah. Uh, I, I did a, a ten-minute long doom metal version of 9 to 5 and sang it in German. It just went on forever. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. We're going to have to take that one. <laughs> uh, speaking of music, though, how about we take a little break and let everybody listen to Stretch the Flesh. Scarlet body, but violence prevails. Passage is 
listening to Stretch the Flesh from Death Pitches. Um, amazing song, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you. Part of the little story, the, the, the short story that he wrote. Like, it, I mean, this is the song that made me discover you guys. That's the first song that James yeah, that's right. That was a while ago now, wasn't it? That was a couple of months back. Actually, more than a couple of months back. Was that? That was January time. Or March. February? Something like that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, back at least. <laughs> <laughs> when, did, when, when did we release it? Yeah, it was February released it, wasn't it? It's when we released it as a single. No, November 22. Was it? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Dear God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's a good time anymore. I don't know how it because I've done time. It's ridiculous. So without giving too much of your story, what's the story behind the song? So um, the at this point the I, I'm gonna have to give away quite a bit. I am. I'm sorry, I'm gonna have to give away quite a bit. And I listening to your other podcast with Neanderthal, I was was listening to them and how they said that they don't want to give away too much because of other people may have their own idea. And I don't want to do that, but I can't really answer that question without giving away quite a bit. So uh, apologies if anyone's got their own idea of what the song is, but I, I guess I'll try and break it. I'll try and not, not say too much. But at this point, our protagonist, known as the Specimen, has been kidnapped, thrown in prison being starved and watching um, the prisoners around the, around them being eaten in um, a form of uh, cannibalism. So it's, it's quite lighthearted, um, and um, I guess that's pretty much all I can say on it, to be honest, without giving away too much more. <laughs> okay, that's, that's more than enough. I mean, the others all said that, but I think that, that you know, like for you, anyways, in your case, since there is a short story about it, yes. um, I don't want yeah. to think about it too much because I want you guys, listeners, to go get that short story. It's available on Bandcamp, right? Bandcamp, yeah, that's right. The links for you guys, uh, but I don't want you to give too much. Usually, people don't talk too much on their songs because it's very open. But you have a whole story written about it, so. Yeah, you know. If I if I could just say as well, if um, the, earlier on this afternoon I haven't put it out on Facebook yet or anything, but if you if anybody listening wants to find out if you like Food or Special Flesh or our other single, then go on Bandcamp. Both of them are free. You haven't got to put in any. There's no monetary attachment. Just when you go to check them out, just put zero and it asks you for for however much and you can download them for free. So you know, if you want to find out if you like them, just you can go you can go down that route and, and do that. Very cool, very cool. It's rare that um, artists give out their music for free. Let's be honest, you know what I mean? Like, everybody's trying to make that dollar, everybody's trying, and it's, it's a tough world. It is very tough. No, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's that unusual anymore. Anyone who's got music on Spotify, basically giving it away for free, right? Well, <laughs> technically, you're not supposed to download it on Spotify. Yeah, right. Yeah. Technically, I mean, you know, there's a million ways to have LimeWire, you know, but now there's yeah. a million ways for us to rip the music off the internet if we wanted to. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big advocate on giving that band a dollar, uh, on buying yeah. the merch, yes. on when you're at a show, you keep that last $10 instead of buying yourself that last beer, go get some merch. Yep. 
is a Neanderthal CD. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To go with, to go with on the others, you know, I, I I believe in the same. I've always bought music physically. There we are. Says Matt's LP. You know, I I I I, I like having physical music. And when I moved to Bristol, I get rid of a lot of it. Art, it, it is crazy. Uh, I like to have physical too. I have my evil leaf right there. Nice. Um, Great EP. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, it's important. It's important because bands need that money. I mean, unfortunately, right now we're seeing Living Dead Girl, which I'm going to be interviewing with a concert, Robin John, next Wednesday, which will be passed by the time this interview airs, but you can see it on his YouTube. We'll be interviewing Living Dead Girl, who was touring right now in the U.S., and their van broke down. They're done. Oh, God. Man. Too much. It'll cost too much money to try to repair everything, so they're done. Oh, what? That's the last news I got. Hopefully, maybe they could find somebody that can help them, you know? But uh, so far, I heard that the tour's done. So that money is very important. God, that's heartbreaking. Buy that merch. So let's take a moment, because I know JD wants to do a little shout-out to the awesome indie community we have on Facebook and off of Facebook, too. Uh, but mostly that group is really tight on Facebook. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, this isn't an exhaustive list. I did put together a, a longer list, and then I had to get rid of a lot of people because the, the list is huge. But, you know, every single person that has, that has supported us in any way, if you if you like our music, if you don't like our music, if you've listened and decided it's not for you, if you've come onto Facebook, hit us up on Twitter, sent us an email, spoke to me, spoke to Neil, whomever, thank you. That's, that's the underlying thing I want to say. Just thank you. This little list I put together here is just literally a couple of bands, hopefully, that people haven't ever heard of that you can go and check out. And from these other bands, you can find other people in the community because we're all together. So if I haven't mentioned you, apologies. It's nothing personal, but you can find everybody else from these other bands. So, in no particular order, Anger Overdose, a militia, Facility, Lennox, Creep Boat, Waiting at the Bridge, Agbat, Encircled Throne, Talwal, Shovel Monster, After the Morning, Dirty Snake Mouth, P-Mad, Jam Steak, Shannon Darcy, The Lazy Days, Farewell Fortune, Into the Outro, Pebble Bra, Sonil Noir, Pronghorn, God I Am, Bone, Entity, Port Rise, War Phoenix, Conjure, Vunik 2, Deepitcher, Six Scars, Nerok, Punkerinos, Larson Turtleton. Thank you so much, everybody, for your support and everybody else. It doesn't go unnoticed, and it does mean I have a lot to all of us. A bunch of amazing bands, and there is, like you said, so many other bands yeah. that you can find. I mean, you shadow regularly on your page a bunch of bands every day. You do album reviews, you. Um, Sloppy Joe Studio put out a awesome game with a bunch of indie bands music and you're playing it you're doing a walkthrough I think on YouTube that's right yeah well I, I couldn't believe he was doing it because it, it's very strange you normally have a community and you build up the community and you sit inside the community and you all help each other and that's, that's how not just with music I mean I, I this is relatively new for myself but on YouTube 
where I've spent a lot of my time over the years, there are loads of communities on there. But it's very strange. It's very, it's very, it's it's not often that two communities will meet or even cross over. And what Sloppy Joe Studios has done is just, it's just mind blowing. He created a game. Everything is hand drawn by himself. The whole story is written by himself. The NPCs, the characters, the, all, all all of the overarching stories are all written by him. He's a one man band. Um, and then he decided to put 36 indie, indie artists in the game, create a quest line where you then run around and create and collect all of these cassette tapes from a load of these indie artists. And then you, you create a cassette, uh, a, 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 what are they called? Walkman. <laughs> Sorry. Old man syndrome. <laughs> you then uh, craft a Walkman and then you put the tapes in and you can listen to the artists as you're, as you're playing the game. You know, I mean, it's 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 just brilliant, and it's something that I've really enjoyed playing. And you know, thank you ever so much, Sloppy Joe, for taking the time to actually look at the indie community. You know, um, it's it's again mind blowing. Um, it really is. It's a good game. I I played the demo. I haven't bought uh, the game yet because there's so much stuff that I have to you know try to support, and so you know slowly. But I played the demo. I can't wait to watch you play the walkthrough on YouTube. It's good fun. It's very good fun. A little bit of the, you know, how the game looks like. and But yes, the support is, it's, it's nice to see everybody supporting each other. It's nice to see people starting to cooperate a little more, just like the radios. The radios are starting to do the same thing. The podcasts are starting to do the same thing. Instead of competing, we want to give exposures to the bands. Oh, I can't be a gatekeeper to the band. Yeah. I, you know, if I can share you guys everywhere, I'll share you guys everywhere I can share you. Uh, that's why we have Mike Stone, who's now a really good uh, friend of the Nixus podcast. He's been a good friend of mine for years. Uh, I have Robert from uh, Robert John uh, Concert, Concert Junkies. Um, I'm hosting, co-hosting with him next week, so... It's nice to see, you know, we're 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 part everybody helping each other, so that's a, a really nice thing to, to do. Cooperation, cooperation. I, I I don't know why so many people were were, were against it, and, and I'm not just talking just in the music industry, just in the, the indie music community, but I just think, well, if I if I if I just be totally honest, and this is probably going to be very unpopular, to which I apologise, and I'm sorry, Neil, but. Um, the amount of information that Death Pigeon has to share from Death Pigeon on a on a weekly basis wouldn't fill a thimble, you know, uh, because we've got our day jobs, we've got other things we're doing, and we, you know, when we come together, we work tirelessly on the music, on the stories, and getting everything right. But that doesn't happen every single week, you know. So we've got a, we've got a, we've got a, a Facebook page, and we're listening to all of these artists and all of these bands. Share them about, you know, and that way then. Everybody gets to see everything. When we've got something to say, people see it. And when, when we haven't got anything to say, and when, when we want to just raise everybody up with us and we want to try and get everybody out there, if somebody's got a new single, if they've got a new EP, a new album, if they've just played a gig, it, yourself, when you've got other, other podcasts that, that you guys have done, share it up, because there might be people that like us that don't know anybody else. So therefore, just that little share might get them to, to like the podcast, might get them into other bands. You know, it's it just... I don't know, it, it just seems, it's just a nice thing to do. And in this world, not a lot of nice things happen anymore, you know? And I think as I'm getting older, I'm noticing that a lot more. 
you know, and it, it does make me kind of sit back and think, well, where, where's where's the nice stuff? You know, and the nice stuff isn't happening. There's wars everywhere. There's there's, there's famine. There's there's disasters. You know, and it's there, there's not a lot of nice. But in this community, we're all we're enjoying. We're having fun. We're spreading people's music. We're listening to music. We're buying merch. It's great. Why you know why 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 not be a part part of it? You're, you're, you're a very big part of the community. You're setting the pace on a lot of stuff. And I want to congr- congratulate you guys on that. You're an example. Um, just like I was telling Sepsis yesterday. Sepsis is a huge band in the community. They're very accepting to everybody. Yeah. The, the Sepsis, the Swarmies, are a family. They have, I'm in their Discord, there's even a, a, a place in the server, if you're not feeling well, if you need to talk, you're just right there. And That's one wonderful. of the armies will be there and talk to you, or Melissa or William will be there and talk to you. Yeah. He's a big character on screen, he's a big, but um, I, I think that's another guy that's uh, like Anger, like, like Zorn, you know what I mean? Like. Yeah, yeah. Zombie man, he's a, you know, but deep down inside you get to know them and they're, you know, very sweet, very educated, down to earth kind of guys. Absolutely, and I, you know, it's 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 just lovely. It's just such a fun time because Facebook is not. If you just use Facebook from a personal level, and this is just my thoughts. Again, probably very unpopular, but still, hey, I'm not being taxed on my thoughts yet. <laughs> um, it's it's. It's it's not that much of a fun place to be, right? Outside of any community, because there there's a lot of negativity. There's a lot of people trying to chop each other down. So when 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 we're all coming together, it actually makes it fun, you know. And it actually makes it a good place to be. And it's somebody like myself who suffers with very variant diagnosed mental conditions. I feel accepted. I feel I feel warm amongst everybody I'm going to watch myself I'm going to see how many knives I've got in my back you know I can just be me and nobody out there points a finger everybody just wants to just wants to talk and I I can talk to Zorn right and he's in the US and I'm sitting here in Bristol and we talk for hours like I do with Neil and it's like as if he's my next neighbour he's like as if he's been friends for years same as I talk to Jamsteak and a load of others it's like we've known each other for years and it, it's, it's wonderful and genuinely and I, I, I know this may sound a bit Soft, maybe, for a metal band, but it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing, you know, and, I, and I, I mean it as such as well. It really is. And it's, it's just nice to actually have some, a community that doesn't just want, it doesn't just look as if they want to help. Do you know what I mean? That actually wants to help. That's the difference. The metal community is an awesome one. Uh, very yes. exciting, very, very friendly. Um, it's the, the, the the popular idea of the metal community being all a bunch of angry, uh, very aggressive people is not true, guys. No. They look they look very, very big and mean, but not, I, I promise they're mostly all of them big giant teddy bears. I promise. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Amy, you got some questions? I have. Uh, in the community at the moment, what have you got coming up in the months for us to look at? Have you got any collabs? I know you've mentioned a few things already. Uh, have you got any more? We have. Neil, we just finished one, didn't we, with, with Nerok? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
we have got a couple of other things coming up. I don't know if I can say them, though. <laughs> so I, I don't want to drop myself or anybody else in it. Um, but, yeah, we, we, we have got a few other things coming up, is what I can say. And that, that's pretty much, I think, everything. Oh, we keep our eyes out, then. <laughs> I'll try not to push you too much. Up <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get you in trouble now, John. <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> welcome. How do you think social media has changed our music industry around us at the moment? That's one for you there, my friend. <laughs> is it? <laughs> you like me on a lot of social, social media. Exactly. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's a mixed blessing, isn't it? It's a mixed blessing. The community stuff, yeah, is, is really good. If you get involved in the community, you need, you've got time to be involved in the community. I don't, I'll be honest, I'm not on social media much at all. Um, I just haven't got the time for it, as John will attest. Um, which is why he manages everything. But it's a blessing and a curse because, you know, sometimes it's nice to get positive reinforcement and there's a lot of time where it's an incredibly negative space because people can be negative anonymously. Um, Facebook's not too well, I guess, because generally there's a face attached to it. But Twitter can be horrendous. Instagram's certainly getting worse. Instagram used to be lovely. It used to be just, oh, there's pictures and there's lovely stuff. Uh, it's changed its model in some ways. I'm not quite sure what happened. But they're all becoming quite nasty places. Well, for, yeah, Facebook happened, I suppose. But, um, yeah, it's, it's really handy for getting your stuff out there. Uh, if you can get these communities, like the, the indie community is good, because you post something out there, a lot of people see it, a lot of people share it, and everyone's quite supportive. Uh, if for any reason you're not in that community, I mean, one of my other bands... Was a, was a classic rock outfit. Um, and we were very much not welcome in the new wave of British classic rock community. <laughs> and I have no idea why. Uh, but it was, it was it's, it's, certain stuff that John's doing now, it seems very, very inclusive. A few of the other ones are very clicky. Uh, and if your face doesn't fit, so it's, it's yeah, blessing the curse. I've been on both sides of it. And, uh, which is why I tend to stay away from socials. For my own mental health now, I'd rather just stay at home making the music, uh, either myself or for other people or whatever's needed, you know? But that's me. John loves it. He's never off the bloody stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like connecting with people. I do. I, I, I can see it from both angles as well. I've, I see it as a blessing and a, and a curse as well. And the, the thing about it is I think you've got to remember to disconnect regularly as well. As as much as it is great, there has got to be some space for you. As Neil said, for your mental health, there has to be, you know. Um, but no, I'm 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 very very much and um, very positive towards social media as it is because I I do believe that maybe I'm wrong with this. Maybe I'm just trying out something. I don't know. But I do believe that if you come into it positive, you'll get something positive out of it. And I'm not a very positive person. And I'm trying to be more positive, um, not just with the band, but also as my my, my personal um, accounts as well. And I'd rather than thinking of it as, you know, it it, it unfortunately has all gone horrible. Um, I'm thinking of it as well. Maybe we can change that. If there's enough positivity out there, maybe we can affect change. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe I'm living a pipe dream. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but you know, we can we can certainly give it a shot and see what happens. But I I do. I think out of all the social medias, I do absolutely love YouTube. That's uh, that's my little sort of yeah. I do love that 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 site. 
be really positive on social media, but like you said, when it gets negative, if you're not on the greatest of days and you go in there and people are having a bit of a spill that day, then you've got to go in that river. But as you say, if you're in a positive mood, you get on there, you can enjoy what you're seeing a little bit more. Um, and like you said, having that break is definitely detrimental to your mental health. You've, sometimes it gets a little bit same. Everything's always the same. And when you see all the new products in the next two, day of what, two days, what everybody's done, you've got fresh eyes on it and it's a little bit of freshness for the day. So taking that break, definitely, it's exactly what you need. Absolutely. And I think it's really fun as well. But the, 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 if I can just add one, one final point, sorry, oh, oh. Uh, to this is I think however much the word social is used in the word social media, it does, the companies behind it don't want you to be social. They want to make money. And when you actually use it as a social media platform, like all of us are using it, it's fun and it is exciting and it is social because we're making it social. You know, um, if and I, I don't I genuinely don't believe that is what Facebook wants. <laughs> I genuinely believe what they want is just to take your money. And I get it. They're a business. But I think at the end of the day, I think we are putting the social back into social media. And I think that is that is lovely. And when I say we, I don't mean that pigeon. I mean, everybody. <laughs> just <to> clarify that. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> You go. Honestly. Oh no! Ridiculous. Oh, I didn't mean that. No, I meant everyone. <laughs> I just heard myself saying it. Oh shit! That sounds awful. <laughs> it's how he uses, and if you're a band, you're going to be looking for targets all the time. So you, you, you know, it can be a bit downplayed for yourself for the day. Like for myself, I'm I'm more like a notice board. So for me, I'm just always looking, and it's it's nice to probably experience myself not having to have a full target because I'm trying to keep a target audience but for yourself your target audience is who are your listeners who are your fans trying to distinguish everything between everybody it's probably harder for the band to deal with on a weekly basis I don't I don't know I think I, I don't really know to be honest I just think I, I like yeah yeah I think I, I think so I, I just I just like going on there and seeing what other people are up to really I I I got I'm massively nosy when it comes to stuff like that, and I love seeing people gigging. I love seeing people's new merch. I love seeing that they got an album. If there's a pre-save, I'll hit it, you know, and and that's it. I, I just love seeing what people are up to, and I think it's really exciting to to actually you know be involved with people to that that sort of level. Yeah, the community certainly makes that feel full and wholesome for yourself as a band. Definitely, you feel welcome by everybody and more comfortable. Oh, totally. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah, yeah. I think the biggest downfall of being on social media and doing this so much is if you start looking at your professional dashboard. Um, too many people focus on that number instead of focusing on the, the, the relationships you're making, on uh, the quality of the people that you're meeting uh, and helping each other out. People uh, focus on those numbers. And everybody's happy as long as those little arrows are green and pointing up. But then the <laughs> arrows go red and point down, and it's like, it starts affecting us. Oh, my God, I'm not doing as well. I'm not. But you can't always go up. Like, that's, that's just how it is. Like, sometimes it goes quiet. If you don't constantly post, your engagement goes down, and that's just 
You know, so if you don't have time one day to be on social media, if you're going to really concentrate on those numbers, there's an option to um, post, but it'll post like tomorrow at 12, and then you can make a post for tomorrow at 2. So, you know, if you really want to focus on those numbers, I mean, go ahead, but they ain't paying you. No, right. So don't make yourself sick with those numbers. It's no, nice no. to see them go up. I'm not saying it's not nice to see, you know, you got an extra three followers today. You got an extra ten. Today. But don't make yourself sick over the oh, social no, no. media game because that's what they they want you to pay. Like you said earlier, Facebook, Instagram, whatever platform, and it's normal they want you to pay. But then I I did it once. I paid for a boost on a an ad, and it I got three views on my profile. <laughs> Uh, I joined. Uh, I joined the community and I exploded yeah. in the month of March. Um, so I think finding where you belong, finding your your own people on the platforms is the way to go. Absolutely, I think it's. it's I'm, 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 I'm lucky in that sense. Which I'll tell you, I taste that. I really hate that. I don't care. I don't care. I give it. I don't care how many of you have listened to my YouTube track or my SoundCloud track or anything. Couldn't, couldn't give a, a monkey's. I put it there because I probably should. Uh, if people like it, they'll find it lovely. Uh, I know someone's left a comment, but I'm not going to sit there going, oh, did everyone watch all of it all the way through? I can't need to make sure they saw at least 96% of it or haven't been a good song. Is that, uh, eh. <laughs> there's, I think there's always varying levels to everything, isn't there? But I think the important bit is to keep a weather eye on it, to understand if something is working or something isn't. Because deep down, if and if if every band deep down is a business, right? Every band generates money. If you have it, if somebody buys a shirt, that's money comes into the band. It's good to know what's going in the right direction and what isn't. But yeah, don't monitor it. What goes up? What, what's, what, what, what's the old adage? I think it's what goes up must come down, right? Um, yeah. and, and it will and it's like you know I've got bipolar disorder I peak and trough all the time <laughs> you know same as Facebook peaks and troughs all the time you know and it is That's what it, it is it, it is I come, from, I come from a very different viewpoint of John that when he'll sit there going you've got to see what's working what isn't working what, what's following what's you know what, what's working for the band and from a musical point of view I can think of nothing worse because you are just going I must make what's popular not what I want to make and if you stop making what you want to make, it's going to be crap. It's going to be not worth listening to because you didn't do it with the right intentions. Exactly. So by all means, maintain the engagement if that's what you need to do. But don't let it steer what you do. It, I've seen bands go down that route. It just destroys them because they end up making music they hate because people want them to make music like that. Absolutely. I mean, I'd rather do a song and one person tells me that it touched them than having to... Do something that I don't like doing and having a fan base. I'm not going to sell out. That's absolutely you have to do that. You have to stay true to who you are. Your fan base, your your true, the people that like what you do will find you eventually. Absolutely, it, it, it has to be authentic. It has to be. Otherwise, it'll stand on like a sore thumb. You know. Yeah, we Neil and I together could probably write a pop song. But when we come to perform it live, we're not gonna, we're not gonna, you know, it's not, we're, it's not gonna suit us. We're gonna stand there like two thumbs, you know. We're not gonna know. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. But no, don't. You will, you will. I've got the moves. <laughs> 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 I 
Hey, I've got moves. They're just covered in quite a bit of fat. Um, well, hey, but you're just sitting down. <laughs> hey, sitting down is me. Uh. <laughs> but no, you know, yeah, I, I, I'm a firm believer in monitoring what needs to be monitored. Um, but no, I am also a firm believer in exactly what Neil said. Do not follow trends or try and jump on the bandwagon. Because it will it'll drive you insane. You'll never be able to do it, and you're not making it. For, you're not making music for the right for the right reasons. And that's part of it, right? You've got to put your heart and soul into it. How can you put your heart and soul into it? There's not something you really want to do, or if it's something you're doing for the wrong reasons. It's never going to work. Never going to work. Correct. It's like that. If people try and keep on that balance of what everybody else is doing, um, you can just see some so many people uncomfortable, even. People who are, you know, on TV today and we're watching and there is an uncomfortability with some genres. You can see they probably want to go a little bit somewhere else. Um, it can be quite confusing, I dare say, once you're setting up and setting out. Yeah, don't try, don't try and do something because it's what's expected. Do what you want to make. If you like what you make, someone else will like it. If you don't, chances are no one else will. So just crack on and enjoy yourself. It's got to be... Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think that that's what we did. We knew it. This was going to be a bit weird, our music. And we were all in for the 100%. <laughs> but it is. It's quintessentially myself and Neil. And that's it. You know, and I think that that's, that's something that I'm really proud of. Might not be to everybody's taste. That's absolutely fine. To ours. <laughs> How do you um, both balance your music and your obligations with your life? You know, how do you get with your work and your music and get that balance? Well, I don't at all. <laughs> Nothing is balanced. Constantly tired and working till two o'clock in the morning every night. I'm a wreck. Imagine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. If I knew, that'd be, if someone could tell me, that'd be great. Uh, I have no idea how to balance it. It's too much to do. Just too much to do. At the, certainly at the moment, it's far too busy. And, uh, that's not my own making, to be fair, but <laughs> what, can, what, what can you do, right? <clears throat> Slightly winging it style, then. Yeah. <laughs> winging a prayer and a lot of caffeine. <laughs> that's kind of how I do it. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I think I'm the same to be honest with you. I just, yeah, I, I keep a weird sleep pattern. I don't sleep that much. So um, I I tend to sort of balance things by not sleeping. Same as Neil, really. Which is not good. You know, it's not advised. <laughs> it's really not advised. But, I mean, when when you just don't sleep often anyway, what else are you going to do? You know, there's nothing you can do. You're just going to try and fill everything in for the time you've got, right? Yeah. There's the phrase that burn the candle at both ends. I think I've got 14 wicks stuck in my candle at the minute. Other than music then, um, do you manage to get any time for any hobbies? Might be a silly question there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, 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 I paint as well. So it gets my mind off the art a bit. Uh, oh. Walking's a big thing, and a big thing for John as well. Get out and clear your headspace out a little bit and just try and get that little bit of downtime. But it's not pouring down with rain, which it always is over here at the moment. Uh, we got soaked on Monday, didn't we, John? Lovely time. Yeah, 
did a nice ten miler and got absolutely drenched in, in the process. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think for me, it's sorry, James. You're right. I would say it's just typical weather, that isn't it, Ross UK is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. I think for me it's the same. Walking, really. I don't paint. Um, I sort of draw. And and then I heavily on the word, use heavily on the word, sort of. Um, but, um, yeah, walking. That's the same for me. I do like a walk. We've done the coast on the East Coast first time um, two years ago. We took the kids. We'd done the first nine miles and it killed them. So we took them the second time and done the 14 miles because they were capable of the nine so this time we went on holiday, they asked, could we have a holiday and not walk, Mum? <laughs> oh, bless them. And the answer is no. Sweets <laughs> and such like, you know, and do the nicer thing on holiday. So, but yeah, it's definitely good for the parents. We were enjoying ourselves. It is a good mind clear having a good old walk for a few hours. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you ever regret the sacrifices that you've made to try and follow your dreams at all? I regret not making more, uh, if I'm being totally honest. Uh, when you're going to go so far down a path and then you sort of bend to responsibility somewhat, uh, that has been a bigger hindrance, I think, than making the sacrifices in the first place. But, you know, you live and you learn that, you move on and you try again. So, try it again. <laughs> I, I don't think so. Um, I'm trying to think of an, of, of an example and I, I really can't I, I, I don't think I've ever really I think he's broken, can we kick him? <laughs> I, I don't know, it, it, it's a weird one I don't, I, I don't think I've really ever had a dream, really I didn't think I'd live past 26 in all honesty, so I don't I never I got a really weird outlook on life, which is bizarre to say the least. And um, no, I, 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 I don't, I don't think I ever have really. I just kind of try, try to do new things really. I don't even, even I don't, I don't even know if I've ever. Really, no, sorry, it's not really an answer, is it? It's more of a couple of noises. Um, no, I, I don't think, I, I don't think I've ever classed anything as a dream. To be honest, I've, um, I've always just had to go at something and see if I could do it. You know. Um, you just carried on and seen if you could just follow your path there by the looks of things. I think so. Yeah, I think so. I, um, yeah, I, I honestly thought it would just be, you know, uh, just crack on and see if I can do something. That's it. If I can't, I'd try something else, you know. Um, yeah. Where do you find the inspirations for your music? Horror films, horror writing, horror books. Um, Unmedicated mental illness diagnosed genuinely. Uh, Non-sleeping, a mix of all of it, really. I like, I love horror, but I don't like. I like to come up with characters, and I've always enjoyed coming up with worlds for the characters to live in. And I think when I came up with the last world and the last characters to live inside that world, I thought I'd try and put a story to it. Hence this story. Um, but it most, most of it is inspired by horror games, horror writing, um, horror uh, reading, sorry, horror books, and, and films, really. Um, a lot of old films, not a lot of new ones. Um, horror franchise. Sorry? 
What's the best horror franchise? Best horror franchise? Um, probably, I'd have to say Hellraiser for me. That one, because I think he's got like five or six. What? Yes. What he's are a- you on about? He's what a- are you on about? First one was good, and then they got rid of Clive Barker and made a load of rubbish. I, yeah. mean, I, I like all five or six of them. I like them all. I mean, Terminator isn't a good franchise. It's not really horror. The first one is more of a horror than the second or third. Or fourth or fifth or sixth. Um, but Freddy Krueger again. I quite like Nightmare on, on Elm Street. I, I, what I like about horror is not really the jumpy, scary bit or not really the gore. I like trying to figure out how somebody came up with that. That's what I like more than anything. So when I watch a film, I'm really quite sort of... I'm quite bland when it comes to films. Even if a film has got one star, I'll enjoy it. <laughs> and then I was talking to him. The correct answer, of course, is the first three Evil Dead films. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll talk to Neil about a film, and I'll say, oh, this film is great. And Neil will say, what's wrong with you? No, it's awful. And, <laughs> but, you know, I, I've got a really sort of... I just enjoy anything I watch, really. Um, but it's all come from, from horror films, really, and horror and... Um, you know, nightmares and stuff like that. Let's get into the mind of this right now and go listen to Hunted and Tortured.
we are back. We just listened to Hunted and Tortured from Death Pigeon. Uh, guys, what was the creative process on that? How how did you guys create this one? So this one is quite close to the end of the of the of the story, and um, we wanted to try and at least do a song which had a standard sort of uh, verse chorus uh, build. A lot of our songs don't have that. And, uh, and that's something that I, I really quite like. I, 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 but I thought we would try something a bit different with this. And um, originally, it was meant to be sung in a different language, um, but I couldn't really make it work. So then I resorted back to English. And it was meant to have different courses, uh, choruses, but I couldn't make those work. So I, what I tried to do instead was an every single um, hunted and tortured part of the chorus. I would try and elevate my voice and try and do something a bit different for every single chorus, and I think it. I think I think it works. I'm I'm happy with with the outcome. Um, but Neil worked extensively on that, um, as he did the whole album from a, a production and a guitar perspective. So I don't know whether you've got anything else to add to that, mate. I mean, not a lot. I mean, I remember when John sent me the files for it, uh, and it was basically unplayable by a human being. So that that took. That took a while to to rearrange, uh, but that worked in his favour as well because we slowed it down a bit. Oh, we sped that one up, didn't we? Sped up under culture, um, and got much more of a groove on it in the end. I think I think we really sort of drove that one. That was a fun one for me because that was the one I really spent a lot of time on the drums on yes. to really get something different out of it on that one. I can't remember what, uh, I can, what was the I thought was the orchestral stuff on Hunted and Tortured. It wasn't so much, was there? It's more atmospheric to the start and the end. That was what I wanted. It was more of a Vangelis sort of style because he had died just as we were writing it, and I was gutted mm. because both of us love the Blade Runner um, theme, a, 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 a course with other other uh, themes he's done. But that was that was very heavy synth, very heavy synth, and very light strings. I think on that one uh, to begin with. And yeah, I certainly ramped up the strings on it. Um, because I wanted more of that texture in there. They're not, they don't overtake it, but they're the texture of the things. Uh, and sort of glue the whole thing together with the previous tracks on the album, which is sort of... Was that the one you added the brown note to as well? I know there was one. Yeah, yeah. originally. Um, there's, there's a drone at 15 hertz going through the whole song, which you can't hear, uh, but apparently it, it's, it's scary because it's the, it's the subharmonic that a tiger makes when it breathes and so we're just wired up to be scared by that note but it only works if you've got incredibly good studio monitors otherwise you don't hear it <laughs> but it's, it's fun and it's a laugh yeah, uh, <laughs> but if you take it out though it does make the track sound different yeah it does yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that was good though that was um we did a lot of guitars in that one they ended up quad tracking it quadruple tracking it Really, really laying them down to make it thick and heavy. Because a lot of the, some of the other stuff's quite thin. For all the weight, it's quite thin, isn't it? Yes. Um, but that one needed the uh, needed the oomph. I think that was that. I think my bass was double tracked on that one as well. I believe. I think. In the um, chorus was yeah. Chorus, yeah. 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 But yeah, that was that. There was a lot going on in that that little track. And that was the last one we recorded as well, because we didn't, re- we didn't record them in order. So that was the last one. I think it's track number seven, and that was the last one we recorded. Uh, it, 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 no, it wasn't. 
because I did the intro after that. Oh, you did the, the intro. It was the last one you recorded, yeah. The last yeah. one I recorded. And I had to get my voice back in, back in check because I really yeah. tried to go all out with that one. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was good fun, that. I really enjoyed that. Um, what is it that you uh, most like uh, and least like about being a musician? <laughs> oh, God. Um, I don't know. I just, I just like being a musician, I'll be honest. It's great, isn't it? It's, it's nice to make music. It's nice to be able to play. But sometimes the gigs are the best thing and they're also the worst thing. It depends how the gig goes. Same with, same with recording sessions. You can have the best day in the world or you can have the worst day in the world. And it's just... But when you get something out, when, when you get something right, something you like, something you're happy with, and you go out and play it live and you realise that it's engaged with a lot of other people, just that, or as you said earlier, you release one song and somebody tells you that it really moved them. That makes everything worth it. That makes the whole, everything you've ever done. You go, yeah, that's that's what it's for. That's what it's for. And the other ninety-five percent of the time, you just hope you're going to get that. <laughs> I don't think I've got any. I've got nothing negative to say there at all, Sim as Neil. It's just I, I just enjoy the idea and I just enjoy the the fact that. After all these years of actually putting the practice in with these instruments, I can actually put something down, you know, which people might want to hear. Do you personally have a creative process that you go through when you get out your music, or when you start the buds of any of your songs? I don't know. It depends what. Sometimes it's a vocal melody. Sometimes it's a guitar riff. Sometimes it's a drum idea. Uh, sometimes I'll fall over and hit my head on something that makes a nice sound, and we go that. That'll do, you know. <laughs> I, don't, I, I, I don't think you can... I, I know a lot of people have a process and they have a... I, I write like this and I do this and this and this. I can't do that. My brain doesn't work like that. Uh, otherwise you'll never get started. Unfortunately, my brain does. So, uh, <laughs> I, I've been told the way that I do it is, is wrong and backwards by... Not by Neil, but by so many of my other musician friends. I always start with the bass first. And I write the bass, then I do the drums, and then I will add in little bits of guitar. Um, and that's that's what I do. But whenever I do anything like that, I always disconnect myself from everything. I go on Do Not Disturb, I don't go online, I don't do anything, I don't listen to music. I'm just, I literally isolate myself for as long as it's... And, and those four minutes a day where he's not online, that's <laughs> his best stuff. Yeah, that's it. That's basically it, you know. Uh, but it, 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 I have to be disconnected. I, if I know I'm working on music... Like, I'm working on something tomorrow. I didn't listen to anything music-wise past four o'clock today because I don't want anything that I've heard to possibly bleed through into something that I'm going to attempt to write. Uh, where does your mind go when you get in front of an audience? <laughs> uh, it depends on the size of the audience. Uh, and usually, the smaller, the worse it is. Uh, if, you're, if you've done, I've done some big gigs... Uh, and they're fine, you know, just people then, isn't it? But when you're doing a gig and you end up, for whatever reason, there's ten people in there and you've got direct eye contact with every single one of them. And that's just, that's just horrible. That's just, <laughs> you know, I want to give you a good time, but you're staring at me and I hate this now. <laughs> that's when it all goes wrong. When, when you just, when, it, when the gig's going well, my mind doesn't go anywhere, I think. I think it's just listening to what, listening to the band. Same as the audience, in a way, you listen to the band. And then you're into it, and you'll do a good performance. I don't get this thing of... There's a lot of... Lot of I know a lot of diva musicians 
who can't perform unless the stage is a certain illumination and the amps are set up a certain way and all this other stuff. I've never, never had any truck with that. As far as I'm concerned, if you're there, you're there to entertain the crowd who come to see you. They've bought your records, they've listened to your music, they've bought a ticket, they're buying your T-shirts. If you aren't going to put on a good show because your amps ran the wrong way, then you don't deserve to be playing music. Do it for the crowd, man. Do it all for the crowd. And, um, and do the best show you can every time you do it. You might not be well, you might have a, the most awful day in the world, but you, they're there because they like what you do. And that should be enough to make you do a good performance. If it's not, you don't like what you do. I think I might be, that's not going to be popular either, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I think three things to take away from there. Well, well one thing to take away from there, if your amp is on the wrong way, I'd really love to see that gig. Um, I think I've only ever played two light gigs, and I've never played any, any light gigs with Dead Pigeon yet. And um, this is where I, I, I turned out to be quite unprofessional. The first time I ever gigged, I uh, got songs on the wrong way, and I ended up walking off. And um, the second time actually went really well. It was an acoustic set, and I played acoustic bass and acoustic guitar, and it was only to a handful of people, and it was really good fun. Um, and when I came off stage, I wanted to go back on. <laughs> that was back in 2011, and I never played on, I never played live since. It's great when you enjoy it and you get in front of the audience and you can just feel comfortable. But like you're saying, when you've got people who want to be there, that's just adding that extra confidence for yourself once you're there for next time when you've got the next thing on. Um, what was the background of your band? How have you been brought together? Uh, I want to say fate, but that makes it sound positive. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I was going to say something really nice then. Um <laughs> So back in back in 2018, I joined a company that Neil was working for, and everybody was uh, very professional and very suit-driven, and I wasn't. And I could see he had long hair, and I was like, "Oh, Metalhead!" And uh, you see that advert with Metalheads link arms and go skipping through fields. It was pretty much like that. And we started talking, and uh, just about gigs we'd seen and stuff like that. And um, then um, it kind of evolved when I was like, "Oh, you know," he asked if he asked if I played, and I said, "Yeah, now and again." Um, and um, then he asked if I had any projects going on I said about the, the short story and I think it's the only time I've ever seen his face light up he, he sort of there was this little thing his face light up and he went oh that's really fun thanks ever so much yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a miserable in the band yeah 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 <laughs> And yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, and that was it really. And then we, we just started putting some stuff down and, and that, that's how that's how it started, you know. Um, and very much was, he was very gracious. He gave me the start in this that everybody, but nobody else has given me. You know, don't want to be nasty to any of my musician mates at all. I really don't. I got love for every single one of them, but every single one of them thinks I'm also weird. And I you know, they, they be true. <laughs> I am. They're right, but, they're right. <laughs> Neil was, but on, on, a, on a serious note, Neil was Neil was kind enough to turn around and say, "Hey, come on, it doesn't matter. Let's let, let's get this done." And if it genuinely wasn't for that man sitting there, I thank everybody, and I've never thanked him, um, you know, publicly. And um, if it wasn't for him sitting there, none of this would be possible, genuinely. Yeah. Make a really good band. Um, the blend between you is is amazing. Sounds um, brilliant. So it's really great that you met because without that. <laughs> He's, he's such a lovely man and he hates me and I hate myself and it works. <laughs> metal heads are all teddy bears. I told you, see, see, it just happened again, that little sweet moment between bros. 
Oh, even Neil is speechless right now. He's just speechless. I don't, I don't deal well with compliments in any way, shape, or form. So just back away from them. Off the corner there. <laughs> Nod and back away slowly. Bye. <laughs> well, we're getting towards the end of the episode. Um, I usually ask that last question, but since I have Amy now hosting with me, I will let Amy ask the Nix's question. And then we'll get to say goodbye. Let's go then. Let's get Mel's question. What advice would you give to your younger self? Take more risks on the music, because they will pay off. Uh, avoid anyone called John Davis in the future. <laughs> Probably covers it, all right? Yeah, that's about right. Um, I, think, <laughs> I think, firstly, for me, it's definitely believe in yourself more. Um, I have no confidence. And as I said earlier, if it wasn't for him, none of this would, would, would have happened. And I would still would have had a short story that still wouldn't have been out. Um, believe in yourself more. That's, that's the takeaway. You know, it doesn't matter what you've done, what path you know, you've been on to get where you are, but you've got to believe in yourself. And that's something I still don't. And, um, you know, it's, um, yeah, that's me. I try not to waffle. Apologies. <laughs> that's not good advice to serial killers, though. Okay, I mean, this. I mean, serial killers, it's a growth industry, but I don't recommend it, you know. <laughs> well, thank you so much, guys, for being here. Um, social media, we can find you at Death Pigeon, right? Um, yeah. Spotify, streaming platforms, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Um, any music right now that we're pushing? Any new single coming out? I think you said with Nerok, right? We've got one currently with with uh, Nerok. Yes, it's the Rammstein uh, cover of Mutter, um, where um, that's out now. It's on Spotify, um, on YouTube, on everywhere that you get all your music and stuff. Um, and yeah, that's 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 nothing directly from us yet. We are working on stuff, uh, but it's not ready just yet. We'll add that to your playlist for now and keep your eyes open for the next things coming out of this pigeon um, as for me I want to thank Blech Coffee uh, for giving me a code if you guys want to order some coffee you can write in NELNIC666 you'll get 15% off um, great way to start your morning with some Blech in your coffee and in your ears with all the metal bands that we have around um, Neil, John thank you so much for being with us today um, this episode's going to come out a little later in June, I think. Um, I'll let you know all the details. Uh, and, I mean, I'm Melanie Nix, but I'm not signing out of this one. I'm going to let Ames, because so much Ames for everything you do uh, for me personally and with the Nix's podcast. And uh, I appreciate you coming in as a host and helping out this ever-growing, you know, podcast we want to give all the bands a chance to be heard and to but I can't do it alone anymore I need to bring um, Ames and also I think Brit is going to start showing up a little bit with Ames they're going to do a tag team thing going on so Amy if you'll lead us out of this episode 
Okay, well, thank you, Mel. It's an absolute pleasure. Um, I won't wake up every every morning the way I feel in this community. It's not just yourself, Mel. We're, we're all becoming a, a great big unit, and it's great to see. I love that. Um, but thank you very much to Neil and John today. It's been absolutely amazing. We've had a fun time. Thank you, folks, very much. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's your magazine, we get chaotic news magazine uh, coming out soon for the second uh, for month of May and we have an article with John in there explain a little bit about uh, the whole story and everything we also have a bunch of music a bunch of artists from the community that will be featured there and keep an eye out for the playlist that will be coming out with Matt and Amy doing some little presenting on the Nixes radio Make sure you follow all the guys. Thank you so much, guys.